Y'all, welcome back to Kentucky Fried Wargaming, where two guys who aren't qualified to talk about anything decide to talk about a game with hard math and chance. I'm Joe. And I'm John. And uh, we're coming this episode of the podcast with a little bit of experience under our belt. Uh, given a recent weekend of playing some third edition of Age of Sigmar, and uh we had some experiences that gave us an idea for an episode because it was a little playing the, this past few weekends has been a little different. Would you agree, John? Yeah. And like seeing all the new stuff for age of Sigmar three has been interesting in particularly with how it affects how you play your armies uh, and how you build armies and what to do with your vast collection of rat men. John, I don't think everyone has a vast collection of rat men. They should. Everyone should play Skaven at some point in their career. I mean, it is awfully self-destructive. It teaches you the value of playing an army that doesn't require 140 models. <laughs> it, minimum. It, it does make you marvel at an elite army. Um, but yeah, given the changes to the new edition, it's just... When we pulled out... Some, uh, you know, when we pulled up models and started building lists, even with the armies that we've known for a while, we realized that we were kind of out of touch with how they function now or how they build. And, uh, then the FAQs came out and that only got worse. I mean, with whole war rules changes being done, with some of which having large cascading impacts on various forces. And, Almost instantaneously, we found that we weren't so much playing armies that we knew, but relearning armies as a whole. And we thought it'd be worth talking about. But first, hobby progress and games played. John, hobby progress, games played. What you been working on? What you been painting? What you been playing? Stormcast. Still painting Stormcast. Um, yeah, I figured that. I did a bunch of shading. Gonna do some highlighting. Then it's on to the details. Just gonna work on what I can work on. Um, Skaven have kind of been shelled mostly because I like I, I I don't want to burn myself out on them. I know when like they get a new book or anything else, it'll be cool stuff. Found out more about the new Warhammer, like the Warhammer Fantasy rework. That's mm -hmm. cool. It's all gonna be on square bases. So I'm assuming Skaven are probably gonna get a like a remodeling, like a model release range for that at some point. Maybe, or they might take the current kits and just tell you to put them on square bases. Which would not be great. Um, that would, yeah, that would be rough. Having a, a desperate urge to play Cruel Boys because of the bird model. Oh my god, that vulture. For the love, it had to be a bird. Just had to be a bird. Yep, this is real, real cool looking bird. Uh, for uh, those out there in podcast world who who don't know me, know me. Uh, I love birds. I love birds so much. Uh, I got my undergrad degree in uh, triple majored in evolution, ecology, and organismal biology, and all of my undergrad research was on birds. For me specifically, it was Carolina chickadees, but I love all birds. Uh, and in fact, in our friend group, I am essentially the lord of birds. I am king of all bird law. So, 
That's true. You are the king of bird law and the identifier of bone spleens. Wasn't that a title at one point? <sighs> yeah, I do get multiple pictures a week of someone taking a blurry photo of a bird from 100 yards away on what I can only assume is a Polaroid from the 1980s. Uh, and asking, what bird is this? And then I spend hours trying to track down what it is and usually figure it out. <laughs> Sometimes we take pictures of the dogs and send it to them and go, what bird is this, Joe? I will write up a synopsis of that eastern trash pigeon. Um, however, I, I just, I love birds. I love them. And there's not very many award games, which I think is a damn shame. Because I think between like different uh, raptors and owls, you could have a super, super sick looking model. And then, lo and behold, here comes out this big old condor-looking model with a war harness on the back and a saddle to ride and a big old pecking beak and a little, like, the the combat one has, like, a metal antlers on its head. Ah, oh, kind of like a, like a, a falconer's hood. It's just so cool. It's very good. Ah, uh, I, I love the model. I still don't know if I'm going to play Cruel Boys. That model looks incredible. Doesn't mean I necessarily play the army, but I do adore that kid. I don't know who that sculptor was, but hats off to you. Deserve a race. Oh, yes, please. I, I salute them. Please let them continue to make me Age of Sigmar models. Uh, about them orcs, though, not the Cruel Boys, but the 40k orcs. Mm-hmm. For those of you out there who've been watching like the community stuff, it's got us hyped and very excited, so... Let us know if you want us to cover it, Orcs, and we'll talk about it. Yeah, I mean, we like we did with the Harlequins, uh, not the Harlequins, the Dark Eldar, when we brought somebody on who played them forever and loved that faction. Uh, we've thought about doing the same again with Orcs. Our good buddy Tanner, the war boss himself, uh, is a wonderful, wonderful Orc fan who just is giddy about the faction. And if y'all are interested in us sort of breaking down the new book and him sharing why he likes orcs and what he's looking forward to in the new book, uh, we'd happily make that episode. Just, uh, you know, let us know. But Joe, what have you been working on? I've got a handful of stuff. What do you Uh, have? My dear listeners, I have bubkis. I have absolutely bubkis. Although I do have something big hobby adjacent. Well, um, well, well, guess who's in the shame chair this week? <laughs> Look how the turntables. Um, so I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before. Uh, my lovely lady wife and I are, have been looking for our first house for about a month and a half now. And uh, I don't know how housing is in the rest of the world, but it is acidine here in the States. Specifically um, Kentucky. Kentucky, terrible. Booming. It's absolutely booming. And, uh, I mean, stuff is flipping in less than a day. I mean, half a day. So we are, like, constantly attached to our phones looking for every notification of houses that pop up. We're looking at houses multiple times a week, multiple nights a week, driving all over God's green earth, trying to look at these things and then putting in an offer, you know, three minutes after you've seen a house. And uh, it's time-consuming. And it's made hobbying difficult over the past uh, month and a half, but I've still usually got some done. However... An exciting update, Uh, just a few days before we're recording this, uh, our offer got accepted on a beautiful house that we're super excited for. So we're now in the process of trying to get through all the stuff that has to happen after they accept an offer, but before closing, which turns out means stop everything you're doing right now, I need you to do something else, and that's going to continue for days. 
So there has been no time for hobbying between giving them every piece of information about my life uh, that is only getting more and more invasive. I'm assuming at some point they will steal my blood and give me a rectal exam to get this loan. Um, and then house inspections, and now we're starting negotiations. It's all nuts. Uh, so I do apologize because I have not hobbied a bit, just no time. And once you do get done, you have like a half hour left of your day and you're just too wiped to do anything. Um, and that, that's when we play giant robot fight game. Yeah, that's when we play Mech Warrior. However, this will give me a significantly larger hobby space in the new house. Um, we are currently in a two bedroom apartment and we are upgrading to a very large three bedroom house. Well, at least large by my size, but I'm white trash. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Um, yeah, I will have a much bigger hobby space that I can customize with shelves and art and whatever else to my heart's content. And we'll also, there's a space in the new house for a gaming room. Uh, like, there's a space for, like, hobby room. And then a space where we could put a big gaming table. Because uh, I run tabletop games for people, come over, sit around, have a good time. Uh, and also make it big enough to be regulation size for Age of Sigmar, Warhammer, or anything else we want to play. Right there at the house. And uh, it's a process to get there. But I think once we do have it, man, it's going to be so, so much easier to play games and stuff. And uh, who knows? Maybe some of our future hobby progress won't be talking about like the models we're working on. But be like, yeah, so I went over to Joe's new house and I helped him build a table with power tools for six hours. And then we ate a pizza. <laughs> like that's That counts as hobby progress. If it's a Guild table used for hobbying, I call it, it, it's hobby progress. I dub it such. But yeah, it is just an involved process. But I'm hoping to try to hobby in the next few days. From my understanding, this house stuff, when a offer is accepted, there's like a flurry of stuff that has to be done immediately. And I think we're pulling through that. So I'm hoping from now till closing, things calm down a little. And I can go back to hobbying and, you know, playing games and getting excited. Um, and I'll keep y'all abreast of the situation as we move along. It's, it's rough, but real exciting. But what else is exciting, John? The topic. Is, is, it, is it the main topic? It's Are the we... topic for today. Yes, you left me hanging oh. for a long time. Oh, we can go segue? Oh, <laughs> it's a segue? God. I was trying to segue. Now I'm just going to say the word segue! Uh... Go, go listen to the main topic. It's going to be great. All right, John. So, relearning a force. That's Yeah. That's something, very difficult. That's Well, it's probably a little easier for you than me because I haven't experienced so many cataclysmic shifts in the game. Um, like, I mean, you've been playing for a while. So you've gone through a couple of big changes. I mean, like 40k from 7th to 8th, uh, even like Warhammer Fantasy to Age of Sigmar. Like, do you think that having to relearn an army you know is getting easier for you or more difficult? Because now you just have too much in your brain from old editions. I think it gets easier in some ways and more difficult in others. Um, like making the switch from Warhammer Fantasy to Age of Sigmar, um, once we actually had rules... For Age of Sigmar was very easy uh, because it was drastically different. It was a completely different game. Did not play almost at all like it did before. Yeah, I mean, even the so bases just were different. 
Like, yeah, you just forget it. Um, now, going from 7th to 8th was particularly difficult because in 7th, the game played kind of how it did in 8th for 40k, but not enough to just pick it up and be able to play a game. Mm-hmm. Like, I pretty much had to read the 8th edition rulebook cover to cover before playing the game, had to do a bunch of research, and, like, remind myself. Because the, the biggest problem between switching from one edition to the next isn't necessarily the new rules, it's the rules that they changed from how they were, and they're very tiny. Oh, God, yes. Like, I've been feeling that myself. I am wondering how many people are going to forget that you can miscast spells now that double ones does cause damage to you and stops any subsequent spells yes like that's a how many people are gonna forget that (laughs) small effect like small change huge effect and it's stuff like that that makes it difficult to learn uh, a new addition for someone who's been playing the game for a while in a lot of ways like if you're a new player hopping into aos right now is a great idea and in any sort of new addition is a great idea because uh, no one knows what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're getting in on the ground floor, which is something we'll kind of talk about later. I mean, everybody is starting at zero in a time like this. Uh, so it's a great time for you to kind of hop in and do the same. Because you're going to be nervous that you might not know what you're doing. But don't worry, neither do we. <laughs> um, and even small changes have kind of rocked our forces. I mean, like for me, obviously, I love the Sylvaneth. For people who have seen the banner picture, I love them. We got some changes in our FAQ that are minor in terms of words. So small that if you read them too fast, you would think there was no change. That have drastically changed how we're building our armies and how the army functions on the tabletop. I mean, core rules changes that rock how we play. Um, So much so that, you know, everything I knew about my army before, different now. And quite quite a bit so. Uh, so if you're just getting in, you're really not going to be behind the curve. And that kind of brings me to another point, and that is when you switch from one edition to the next, like we're going from AOS 2 to AOS 3, there's going to be two new battle tomes for this edition, Oracle Clans and Stormcast Eternals, that have been announced. There will probably be more. If there's not, I'm concerned. Yeah, you don't but, say. <laughs> yeah. But things like Sylvaneth or like Maggotkin of Nurgle or Skaven or Blades of Corn, these are all books that were written for a, another edition. So there will be rules interactions that don't make sense when you read them in your book with the current edition, and you have to know that what's in the FAQ to make it make sense, or for even it, for it to work. Yeah, and for people who are maybe unfamiliar, FAQs are a digital document that Games Workshop puts out on their website that uh, essentially answer frequently asked questions about the force, hence the the abbreviation FAQ. But their current overhaul that recently came out wasn't just, you know, how, you know, question, how does this rule interaction work? It was, okay, we're going to overhaul some of your fundamental war scrolls and uh, battle tome abilities and a lot of your war scroll cards and change wording to make them work so most armies out there that were made for like 2.0 you're gonna have to get that faq it's you just gotta you gotta print it out or put it on your phone or your tablet or whatever because uh, without it you're gonna be 
struggling. Absolutely struggling. And that's going to work for a little bit until you get your new book. And once you get your new book, your army's probably going to play different again. It'll have the same theme, but there will be rules changes you're going to have to get used to. My prediction is that every army will kind of benefit from the new army building rules differently. And that will be the major thing that's changed in this edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, once we see battle tomes, obviously we haven't seen anything about the Oric Warclans or the Stormcast. So there's no like concrete kind of like format that we can tell. But I would be surprised if we don't see that move in a direction, especially with them removing army-specific battalions, to our knowledge. Mm-hmm. And I mean. I do think that the way you build armies is fundamentally rocking how people view their forces. Because a lot of armies just sort of auto-picked one or two battalions for years. And taking those out is a huge shift. And then you add the new generic battalions and their benefits and how you have to build around it. That's a new shift. Um, And even more so, the change to power across the board is a colossal shift. Yeah, a lot of us have like big monster heroes that were always really cool, but were rough in a variety of armies that didn't really have the punch to sort of cut the butter as it was. Um, boy, howdy! Who punches butter, Joe. <laughs> Some of us can't cut it, John. Don't you be blaming me. Are you insulting my tree lord, ancient? How dare you! Yes, I am. Well, I mean, he I'm was Skaven. awful. What do you expect? He was awful in the last edition. I agree. However, uh, armies that had those issues now have to fundamentally think differently about those models because their war scrolls deceptive. During the game, they are going to get monstrous actions, which will make them have another level of utility or power that they can have. Or they could get command abilities to get plus ones to hit, which for a lot of them is huge in terms of mathematics. You know, they go from like fours to hit, threes to wounds, to threes to hit, threes to wound, which helps them a lot. Or twos to hit, which helps them a lot. Or you can increase their armor. Or if they're a hero, you could do My Finest Hour, which increases their armor and wound once a game. I mean... For a lot of people, not only did the the base building blocks of how you build a force get shaken up, but now a lot of the, even just the models that were at your disposal, no longer necessarily work the way that your brain has slowly pieced together in its knowledge bank. Now you're going to have to reset a lot of that. And it could be real difficult. Um, I didn't really... Well, I mean, even... Even just something simple in Skaven, right? Our battle line. We can no longer bring the the, the cookie cutter battle line options that everyone was taking of just mass rats. Mm-hmm. Just can't do it. Not allowed. Not in the, and the rules say no. Not allowed. That's a huge change for that army, and I think we aren't going to understand the full effect for quite a while. But I think for me, I didn't realize how much of my army knowledge was deeply ingrained. And how kind of difficult it was for me to change it when I was confronted with all of the new changes. I mean, quite literally, some of the stuff, it is hard to rationalize how well it works now. Just because I keep having like my experiences from 2nd edition poking at the back of my brain. 
And I don't yeah, think I'm the only one who has that happen. Yeah, and like you're probably used to, especially with Sylvanath, a very difficult force to build an army for and to play. You're used to the internet um, mindset with it, where like you're on a lot of Sylvanath boards and like Reddit, and you've talked to people and you've like got to know the army. And so, between a mixture of your own knowledge and knowledge you've accumulated on the internet from people playing the army for a while you're able to like kind of piece together what you want to do, what style and what direction to take it yourself. And with a new edition, it's kind of just gotten thrown out the window. <laughs> yeah. All you of kind it, of just gone. have to do it all yourself. Yep. Every bit of it gone. Um, is that kind of the same for you and Skaven? Yes. And no, uh, Vince from Warhammer weekly plays Skaven. So like I can kind of get an idea of where he's going and it gives me some ideas and that's very useful. But a lot of Skaven is still just just rethinking, mm-hmm. uh, like the 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 changes to like unleash hell completely changes Skaven. Oh yeah, that's like so being good able to for just them. So good. Overwatch with flamers, warfire flamers. Ooh. Great. Thankful got really good overnight. Yes, uh, monsters being good changes a lot of the monsters in that book. Rat ogres are good good for once, surprisingly. Um, storm vermin. Less so. I was debating buying an a, an entire block of storm vermin just to play them. Maybe not the best idea to have sixty storm vermin now. Probably need like ten or twenty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's one of the benefits of the new edition is that you're going to see less mast of a specific battle war scroll. You'll see more diverse armies. And people will have to relearn how to play the game where you're not playing against three or four pieces that work together to make like a machine. You're playing against an actual like diverse force with different tools in a toolbox, which is not necessarily where AOS has been. 40K has been there for a while, but AOS has not been very toolboxy. It's been kind of punch or punch back, mm-hmm. punch or punch sideways. Like it is. It's just all about punching. <laughs> That's why I love it. It's the best. But I mean... Yeah. So, for people out there who might be in the same boat, and they're feeling what we're feeling, uh, we've kind of established how, what we've been dealing with and what we've been grappling with, both on the tabletop and just building a list. But I think we would be remiss to not try to help folks work through this. You know, we've sort of addressed some of the issues, but... Now, I think we should try to address some suggestions or potential solutions if that won't necessarily fix your problem, but might help. And I think the first piece of advice I could give is easier said than done. And this is something we've mentioned on a, on a previous episode in terms of, like, new additions oftentimes come with a lot of salt from the community, and some people it comes with absolute vitriol and hatred um and i think part of that is because they're just sort of railing against the idea that change is happening and um as i said then the change is going to keep on going despite your protests uh so for people who are sort of feeling uneasy the best advice i could give you to start trying to solve the problem is to just let it go um, you know, both the fact that change is happening, but also 
like your old army knowledge, your old preconceived notions, maybe some of like your unit experiences, you just gotta let it go and accept that you could start fresh. You know, you got a new blank canvas in front of you and a lot of the paints that you were going to use to paint on that canvas might've just got spruced up a little bit. Um, and I think if you're willing to make that leap of faith and start over with sort of learning an army that you that you've loved, uh, it m- will help you immensely as you move into like the next steps. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think the another great step to take, and not everyone's going to have this opportunity or this ability. Find one or two of your buddies that you really like talking to about this game. Talk to them a whole bunch about what you think is going to be cool with the new edition for your force, especially if they're familiar with it. And it kind of like listen to them talk about their force. You talk about their force theory craft together and then plan a day or a weekend or something to sit down and just play the game slow. Play it like you're relearning it real slow. Yeah. And also don't bring uh, maybe the most tournament viable list. Maybe everybody tone it back a little and smaller points values to get the ropes. Bring some weird stuff because you won't, you'd be surprised how often you'll bring something. You're like, this is going to be a terrible unit. And then you use it with some new rules. You're like, actually, this does a purpose in my army. I didn't know I needed done. Mm -hmm. And that's how you can kind of play test around what works, what doesn't work. And if you're, comfortable and your opponent is comfortable with it especially if your friends proxy proxy out stuff in your book that you've never tried before and use them at the table with them just make sure that you have the right base size make sure that everyone's clear what each thing is and it allows you to test out things in your book with the new rules before you go buy them so you don't just hop on a hype train and go ah yes i bought 27 rat ogres (laughs) (laughs) wait i hate playing 27 rat ogres no curse you gw why have you taken my money yeah it there's nothing saying you can't in the rules so just do it uh help use it to better pick your purchases Mm -hmm. Uh, i think it's great yeah i think it's immensely helpful however i think for you to get the maximum effectiveness out of that step you have to go on to the next step that for me, I think is pivotal in like relearning the game again and trying to like figure out a force. Um, I'm assuming as step two, the people you're playing against are, are cool. They're your friends. They're your buds. And with that being the case, after the game is done, regardless of how it went, have a pretty thorough and relaxed uh, post-game chat about how the game went. Talk about each turn. Talk about the units and both of your armies. Help them get some feedback on maybe how their units performed and they'll give you feedback on how yours performed and maybe together you will spot uses for stuff that you might not have before. Or maybe your opponent might notice, yeah man, like that unit there didn't really do much. You know, I I can tell you that my unit here that it attacked is kind of squishy and it still didn't kill very much. Maybe not so much of a hammer for you. Or vice versa. Maybe 
they notice more than you do. Like, man, your wizard, like, shut down all of my casting. Like, it never casted a spell, but it does have that, like, plus one to unbind that is kind of nifty. And your opponent is, in some instances, more likely to notice that because it's a bit of a pain point. And we are just sort of really good as human beings at finding pain points. And that knowledge can be invaluable, especially if you're returning the favor for them. Yeah, and it builds a better relationship to try out new stuff. Like, this works even for competitive play. Like, if you're wanting to go to a local tournament, or you're wanting to try out an army with the intention of taking to tournaments, this is this kind of behavior and this kind of, like, uh, social contract is the first step in getting in like getting a partner to do practice games Mm -hmm. before you go to a tournament so that you perform well Uh, and then on the casual side of things this is the first step towards having someone that you can look at and go don't really want to do match play what if we just did something weird and you get to play a really cool weird scenario Uh, that's how me and joe treat each other that's how uh, me and seth treat each other that's how seth and joe treat each other um and it works well for us um it's a really good way of kind of getting differing opinions and different player types opinions on different aspects of the game to mm-hmm. better like grasp things. And you can talk about all this stuff over like some chicken tenders or like a pizza. Yeah. It builds camaraderie. Fun. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's kind of like the post little league baseball, like trip to pizza hut, like, <laughs> but, but for miniatures. Oh, uh, now next time we play, we're going to have to go to the dairy bar. Uh, you don't know what that is, but don't worry. You'll learn. I, I have no idea what that is. I thought for a second you were going to say we have to go to the CC's Pizza and I was going to cry. I was going, there's still a CC's Pizza in existence? I know it doesn't taste great, but it's unlimited. <laughs> no, I, uh, I don't know. I feel like some people think that competitive players are like these mathematician tinkerers who sit alone in a stone tower <laughs> with a bunch of like old timey concoctions and vials behind them doing math and kind of cackling into the night as they find the best units and like they just do it all on their own it's math hammer they just math it all out um y'all that's not how that works <laughs> like getting other people's input is so immensely useful just because multiple people are going to view armies in multiple ways and more perspective will increase your knowledge base should you have the ability to discuss it with them. Um, well, learning is a social activity. Mm-hmm. And to play a game competitively, you have to learn and you have to be able to connect with people socially to better understand things. Unless you have unlimited time and this is your full time job, you're never going to know everything there is to know about every army and all the ways it plays. And all those little nooks and crannies and secrets. But if you like go to your local shop and you meet a bunch of people, and maybe one person's really good at playing Nighthaunt, and one person's really good at playing uh, Blades of Corn, one person's really good at playing Sylvaneth, one person plays Beasts of Chaos exclusively and makes it work. You can figure out how all these things work, and then also share your knowledge of the faction you play with them, and together you all become better players. Yep. And that's a very positive outlook on the competitive scene. And I think that that's very common. It's just not talked about enough. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason that a lot of competitive teams exist because it's a, it's a team. There's conversations. And yes. while some of you out there may not care to go to tournaments, 
The same tactic just applies really well to learning a new edition. You just got to find a couple of people that you're comfortable having a chat with and being honest with. And uh, I think if you can, it will help you immensely. Um, And then I kind of have one more that is my last big piece of advice. Uh, John, do you have any others you want to slip in before I throw in what I think is the most important one? Um, I think my biggest suggestion is to not buy into gimmick hype with an army. Like if, if you're looking at forums or Reddit or Facebook groups or any of these places like Discord channels, and they're saying this is the new hotness of playing this army that... In, with a second edition book where you spam 20 units of the same model, go out and buy 20 units of this model and play it. Don't do that. Uh, you will, A, probably won't have fun. B, it's probably going to get nerfed. Uh, C, <laughs> it might not even be a valid list when your battle tome comes out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, and uh, that happens. D, you might have buyer's remorse. And it could poison that faction, maybe even the entire game for you. And so just try to stop yourself from doing it. Unless you're planning on going to a tournament with it, and you're like, this is like, you're cool just wasting all that money and time and effort. If it if it goes sideways, that's on you. It's your decisions. That's just my two cents. Fair. That's a good two cents. Um, and in general, uh, I... I think chasing the meta hotness is always a very dangerous proposition. And uh, when a, a big addition change is happening and new battle tomes or codexes are guaranteed, it's only even more dangerous. <laughs> it's, it's one thing to do so after the new codex for whatever faction you're playing comes out and the new additions here. You know, for example, if you're going to do a little bit of some stuff with hotness after, you know, the new uh, 40k orc codex comes out. Okay, well, at least, you know, you got a couple of years on that codex. So you got some time, but right Well, right, not necessarily. Ask the 40k players, the 40k Space Marine players, how they like having three repulsor executioners. Eh, um. true. <laughs> Fair. Um, but I think, especially here, where you know new books are coming, oh, dangerous. For me, though, I have one piece of advice that I think trumps everything else. Uh, I think it also goes really well with everything else, but if you do nothing else, if you elect to ignore all of this advice, I I will just give you one last one that I hope you at least take this, because this one piece will take you a long way. Do everything that you possibly can, everything under the sun, to stay positive while viewing the new edition. I I cannot stress enough how important this is to keep you moving forward. Um, if you find yourself getting salty or getting angry at like you're having to build new lists or try out new models or whatever whatever's going on, do anything you can to try to break that. Because you will, you know, you will poison the well for yourself, so to speak. Uh, And on the contrary, if you could keep a sort of positive attitude and look at this as an opportunity rather than a struggle to overcome, it's just going to make everything else we talked about more fun. 
you're you're gonna have more fun being kind of playful in your list. You're gonna have more fun actually throwing them on the table. You're probably gonna be in a better mood when you go to chat with folks post game because you're genuinely interested in trying to have a conversation, uh, and you're more likely to not kind of fall into the uh, the forum muck just because you're kind of already having a good time on your own. Yeah, uh, I think that the most important part is that you have a. In the beginning of the edition, there's always some like pain points that everyone forgets about in three months when they stop being a problem. Yep. So don't don't focus too hard on it. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have spots that you got to work through, and that's okay. We all do. But in the grand scheme, it's smaller, and uh, it is your hobby. <laughs> if this is your hobby, do what you can to make sure you keep it fun, so you can keep enjoying it. And uh, for us, we'll be here to try to help you along the way. If you find yourself getting salty, if you need someone to bounce ideas off of, if you just need someone to hype you up for your faction, reach out to us. Uh, And, you know, for people watching or listening on YouTube, down in the comments below, uh, for people who are listening to us on the various other places we upload the podcast, reach out to us on Twitter, Instagram. I'm more than happy to talk to you. Hell, we already do talk to some of y'all. Um... You know, we're trying to build a community, and if we can help push a little bit of positivity in the new edition change, y'all, we'd love to. Um, also, for people out there listening to the podcast in a place where you can, we'd appreciate it if you left a review for the podcast. Not necessarily a great one, just an honest one. Um, it helps the show a whole lot to try to help new people find it. And if you want to go above and beyond and be absolute champions... Maybe pass it on to your friends, you know, or maybe you know some folks who might be kind of struggling with the new edition. Pass the episode on to them. They're more than welcome to join in on this. And uh, it might help maybe them get onto the same page that you are currently. Uh, and hopefully, if we all work together, we could all refigure out our armies just in time for us to get new battle tomes and have to relearn them again. I can't wait. I refuse. I refuse, Joe. I don't want to learn a thing ever. I am instead going to choose to have to remember my rules the day of and have a good time regardless. <laughs> John over here screaming that he won't be forced to buy this new codex. Like, s- you, okay, but we say that. But I am also the person of the two of us who spends more time reading rules. So, <laughs> I mean, that's true. I don't really know what the rules are. I'm just here to push models around. It's kind of a masterpiece I win. Uh, but for now... That's why you play Beast Claw Raiders. <laughs> that is why I'm playing Beast Claw. Big boys, big toys. <laughs> for now, that's been all of our opinions. Bonafide Kentucky Fried. We'll see y'all next time. Big toys, big boys.